They're crazy, they're zany, and just plain nuts, but they love Jesus. America's Keswick and all of you. Here are the hosts of the Bob and Bill podcast, Robert Hayes and Bill Welty. Well, good afternoon, Bob. Good afternoon, Bill. It is July 1st. Crazy. I feel like... So this would begin the fourth month of our pandemic, COVID pandemic, right? July. uh, Is his mic not on? He's not... Hello? Hello? I don't hear him coming through the mic. Hello? Hello, 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 hello. Hello, hello. There I am. There. Oh, I am. that's better. that's me. Yep. Okay. Well, good afternoon, Bob. Hello, Bill. How are you? It is July first. Can you believe it? Oh. I didn't think it would ever get here. I know. And and it's how many months we've been in? This is the beginning of the fourth month um, since the pandemic started in March. I believe it was March, wow. April, May, June. Oh, is that right? Yeah, the middle of March. Wow, mm. crazy. And you've been watching. You've been very patient. Very faithful. Very patient. So <laughs> let's, uh, we're not playing today. We've no. Been, we've been replaced. Although this guest that you're going to hear from, we have the privilege, Bill and I have the privilege of sometimes playing along with him and we do a little round robin um, at the piano, which is really, really fun. We don't get to do that with a lot of people. Actually, it's a round Richard. Around Richard, I like that. Yeah, so this today we're going to be watching a message from Dr. Richard Allen Farmer, who's been here for a number of years now, and a great preacher, but an amazing musician. musician. Oh. I mean, he sings, he plays, he plays the piano, plays the organ, plays the melodica, <laughs> composes right well, on the spot. that's where we learned about the melodica, that's right? right? We got the idea from him. So he's going to do some worship, and then he's going to share the ministry of God's Word from Labor Day weekend last year. Let's give a watch. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. God gave it to me, God gave it to me. And I'm going to let it shine. God gave it to me. I'm going to let it shine. God gave it to me. Oh, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Everywhere I go. Everywhere I go. I'm going to let it shine everywhere I go. I'm going to let it shine everywhere I go. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Won't let Satan put it out, won't let Satan put it out. I'm going to let it shine, or won't let Satan put it out. I'm going to let it shine Oh, won't let Satan put it out I'm going to let it shine Oh, let it shine Let it shine Let it shine This little light This little light of mine I'm going to let it shine This little light of mine I'm going to let it shine Oh, this little light of mine Oh, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. We thank you, great glorious God, that you are the light of the world and that you have so fixed it that we should be lights in the world as well. We pray that your light would ever shine in us, that we might shine effectively and brightly in this culture, in our time, making a difference, shedding your light where there is darkness, your glory where there is rancor, discord, 
may we represent you well in the world. We thank you for Jesus Christ, who has made us new people, who has given us a new name. Thank you for him who has changed our destiny, our destination, our purpose. Thank you for him who has given us a calling. Now, O oh Lord Christ, reign in us, we pray. May we not be the same because we have known thee and love thee. We pray in the strong name that is thine own. Amen. This is a chorus that I sang with you last year, and a brother reminded me last night and told me he'd been singing it all through the year, and I did not remember to include it in my singing with you on Friday night or yesterday. But I want you to sing this with me. I've given it to the tech guys, and it'll be up, I think, this afternoon for the concert or tonight. But it's simple enough. I'll line the words out for you, and it simply says, Rain, Jesus, rain. Rain, Jesus, rain. King of Zion, King of Zion, Judah's lion, Judah's lion. Rain, Jesus, rain. You try that. It's a prayer. Rain, Jesus, rain. Rain, Jesus, rain. King of Zion, Judah's lion. Try it again. Rain, Jesus. Rain, Jesus, rain. Rain, Jesus, rain. King of Zion, the King of Judah's lion. not over God has already met us here here we are in Whiting this weekend the weekend is not over we have found ourselves Bathing in the sunlight of his grace. The food's been delicious. The fellowship's been sweet. We've seen people we know. And we've had new people to meet. The weekend is not over. We've already seen God's hand here in Whiting, here in the Garden State land. What will you do when you leave here? Sometime tomorrow. I pray you have happy thoughts and no sorrow. As you go back to your places, 
of responsibility and joy. May you find yourself celebrating what God has done here. As you go, go with God. As you go, may He keep you. As you go, go with God. And may He be so pleased to give you brand new days, show you His glorious ways. Let's celebrate what God has done in Garden State Land. Make some more music this afternoon. Trust you'll be here at 2.30 for the hymn sing. We sing hymns in the church where I serve, but I don't hear a lot of hymn singing in many places. I go to travel around the country, and it is mostly uh, contemporary music sung. And you ought to come this afternoon just to be reminded of the grandeur of some classic hymns. Uh, in our hymn sing, we don't sing them jazzed up, we sing them straight, and you'll, you'll need to be reminded of the beauty and the simplicity of many hymns. We'll sing hymns for about 30 minutes, and then at 3 o'clock I'll do a one-hour concert. It'll be um, diverse music styles, I'll do some jazz, I'll do some a cappella spirituals, I'll do some gospel, some piano um, instrumental pieces, it'll be a a fun, enjoyable afternoon, and if you choose not to come, well, shame on you. Okay, uh, there are some products on the table back there. I forgot to bring this out of my product case. I have a few copies of a sermon I did. I like the way it came out, so I had it reproduced, but it's an exposition of Mark chapter 6, verses 30 to 44, the feeding of the 5,000. And I call it three R's of a different kind, not reading, writing, and arithmetic, but rest, responsibility, and you need to get the CD to find out what the other R is. Uh, but that's back there, as is my collection of table prayers. If you've been in the habit of saying a prayer before meals, uh, but you've been saying the same thing at every prayer, then you, at every meal, then you need this. Uh, some of the tunes are church tunes, hymn tunes, but some of them are fun tunes from American folk music, Home, Home on the Range, Old MacDonald Had a Farm, and uh, others. Old MacDonald Had a Farm, that's what you'd sing on day 17 for your meal. You'd sing, Christians, when they eat a meal, offer up a prayer. We acknowledge that the Lord gave us this food here. <laughs> With a chickpea here and a chickpea there, here a chick, there a chick, everywhere a chickpea, we are Christians. So we now offer up this prayer. Amen. <laughs> so that's back there. Uh, my DVD of a concert that I give at our church every year is back there. My reflection on hymns is back there. And if you're interested in going to Greece with me, I have a few brochures left and itineraries uh, left of the trip that we plan to take to Greece, Lord willing, in June of 2020. Now, if you're able, would you please stand for the reading of the Word of God, the book of the Revelation, chapter 2. We are looking at the church at Thyatira, the church at Thyatira, beginning at verse 18 of chapter 2, Revelation chapter 2, verse 18. And after I've read, I'm going to hold my Bible high and say, this is the word of the Lord, and your response shall be, thanks be to God. Hear the word of the Lord, Revelation 2, 
18 from the New King James Version of the Bible. And to the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These things says the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire and his feet like fine brass. I know your works, love, service, faith, and your patience. And as for your works, the last are more than the first. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you allow that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. And I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality and she did not repent. Indeed, I will cast her into a sickbed and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation lest they repent of their deeds. I will kill her children with death and all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts and I will give to each of you according to your works. Now to you I say and to the rest in Thyatira, as many as do not have this doctrine who have not known the depths of Satan, as they say, I will put on you no other burden. But hold fast what you have till I come. And he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. They shall be dashed in pieces like the potter's vessels, as I also have received from my Father. And I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. <clears throat> Now, Holy God, in these next minutes, we pray that you would have our undivided attention so that we may hear what the Spirit says to the church through this text. Amen. Thyatira, now the city of Akasar in the far west of Turkey, is south of Istanbul, almost directly due east of Athens. Those of you who will go with me to Greece uh, next year will see Athens and some parts of Turkey. It's 50 miles from the Aegean Sea. In the first century, it was known, this city was, for its trade guilds. They had a number of We'd call them unions today, trade guilds, trade unions. They were famous for their purple cloth, which was dyed there in Thyatira. Inscriptions have been found in ancient Thyatira, which have mentioned wool workers and linen workers and leather workers and potters and bakers and bronzesmiths and tanners. It was quite an industrial city, quite a manufacturer's haven. The self-description of Jesus here is different from the others. You remember that at the beginning of each of the letters, Jesus will describe himself in different ways. He uses a different set of descriptors in each letter. So he'll say to one church, this letter is from the one who is the first and the last. Or he'll say, this is from the one who has the two-edged sword in his mouth. Or this is from the one who was dead and is now alive. Now look at this one. This is from the one, says verse 18, 
who is the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire and feet like brass. By the way, this is the only time in this entire book where the title Son of God is used. That's noteworthy. And this is a side note. This is the text, along with a couple of verses from chapter 1, that is used to suggest that Jesus, the historical, physical Jesus, did probably not look like the artist's rendering of him. He was probably not looking like a white surfer from Southern California with wavy hair and, and, and white, uh, very light skin. Probably not. Living in that area of the world, he probably did not look like that. Probably more olive skin. And in fact, this verse is used to suggest some of the physicality of Jesus, that he probably had dark feet. And they base that on the end of verse 18, that his eyes were like flame of fire and his feet were like fine brass. And if you back up to chapter 1, there's even more information for those who suggest, again, that probably the physical Jesus looked more like a Mediterranean than like, a, like an Anglo or European. He probably didn't have blue eyes and wavy hair like the artist's conception many times. Look at chapter 1, verse 14. His head and hair were white like wool and as white as snow, and his eyes like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. So again, some have suggested that these two verses and texts might suggest more uh, an accurate physicality of Jesus. Interesting. He commends the church, as he does for most of the churches, gives them an attaboy, that's the good, I, I've seen the good you're doing, and then often a condemnation. And it is so with this letter to Thyatira. Here's the commendation. And he said this to every church, I know you. I know your works. There are five nouns here. I know your works, your love, your service, your faith, and your patience. I know you. I, I know what you do. I know how you are. I know your patience. I know your impatience. I know your love. I know when you display a lack of it. I know your faith. I know your doubts. I see you. I know you. I am so comforted by that. Every time I read that line, I know your works. I am reminded that God's got me. He, he knows me. I told you that I speak to my mother every night. We have a date on the phone at 10 o'clock. And I love talking to my mother. Lord willing, I'll see her tomorrow. I'm going to drive her to New York from here and see her. My mother knows me. She knows me well. She could, she could go to a meeting and represent me. She knows how I would vote at the meeting. And I know my mother very well. I, I know her thoughts. I can tell you what she'd think about something. If, if she said, you know what I think about that? I'd say, yeah. I, I, already, I know your mind. And you know why that is? Because we spent time together. Not just talking cliches and, hey, so how's the weather? How about those Yankees? No, we talk about deep stuff. And, and when you spend quality time together, you get to know the mind and the heart of the other. This is what God says, I know you. I dare you to get to know me. I, I know your works. I know your love. I know your service. And he comments more specifically on their works. He says, the last are more than the first. That is, their latter work exceeds their former works. Recall with me that Ephesus 
you remember, was rebuked. This is in chapter 2, verse 4. Because their love was waning. The love of the Thyatirans seems to be growing. Did you see it in the text? It's right in the text. It's not my idea. It's right there at the end of verse 19. I know your works, love, service, faith, and your patience, five nouns. And as for your works, the last are more than the first. That is, you guys are getting better at your work. Boy, isn't that good? What a, what a wonderful commendation. Thank you for noting that, God, that I'm, I'm trying to do better. Robert Bratcher and Howard Hatton have a handbook on the revelation of John that has been by my side as I've been preparing these. They offer a, an alternate rendering of verse 19 that is very refreshing. Listen to their version of verse 19. I know how you've lived your lives. I know that you love one another and are loyal to me. I know the way you have helped one another and your ability to endure. I know you're now doing more than when you first believed in me and became my followers. That's the commendation. I know that you are growing in your faith and in your service and in your patience, and you are doing more now than when you first believed. Ephesus was doing less now. Ephesus had lost their first love and their love was declining and waning. The fire tyrants are doing better now at love, patience, service, faith. They're doing better now than when they began. The numbers are going in the right direction. Then the stinging condemnation. Here's the commendation. You guys are doing well. You're expanding in your love, faith, patience, etc. Five nouns. But I have something against you. The something, the, the condemnation is really only one, but it's a big one. So strap in, shall we? Tighten your seatbelts. This is, this is going to be rough. Here's the condemnation. This, this is really a stinging rebuke. You fire tyrants gave that woman Jezebel a platform. You gave her the mic. You, you let her teach. You gave her access to your people. Now this Jezebel is a prophetess who is either an individual or possibly a group of people. It's not the actual Jezebel who was the foreign wife of King Ahab. This Jezebel is more symbolic. This is the Jezebel who symbolizes heretical teaching and immoral living and eating food sacrificed to idols. And the spirit of this Jezebel is very much alive. It lives in every individual or group that would water down their theology and teach things that are just simply not biblical, just so they can maintain their popularity. Jezebel is present in every radio and TV broadcast that suggests that God wants you happy rather than holy. Or which promulgates prosperity over piety. The spirit of Jezebel is present in every teaching that suggests that what we do does not matter to God. Or what we believe does not matter to God. Jezebel is very much alive. You remember the original literal Jezebel? She put a hit out on Elijah, said, you're going to die. We go around teaching outrageous, idolatrous thoughts. There's a humorous verse. In fact, you should turn uh, with me to 2 Kings 9, 22. 2 Kings 9, 22. There's a humorous 
exchange that takes place between Joram, son of Ahab, and Jezebel, who says to a man named Jehu, well, I don't want you to think I'm making this up, so I want you to see it in your own Bible or smart device. 2 Kings 9, 22. Now, it happened when Joram saw Jehu, and Joram is the son of Ahab and Jezebel. When Joram saw Jehu, he said, is it peace, Jehu? And Jehu answered, what peace? As long as the harlotries of your mother Jezebel and her witchcraft are so many. This is the ultimate yo mama line. <laughs> it's right here in the text. I'm not making this up. This is not farmer. This is in the word of God. Joram says to Jehu rather innocently, hey, how's it going? Are things peaceful? And he says, how can they be peaceful when your mama's acting up? The harlotries and witchcraft of your mama. It's right here. <laughs> the Thyatirans are rebuked because they let Jezebel and all her minions, whether you see that as symbolic or literal, it's the, it's the spirit of Jezebel, and you allow Jezebel to talk, to have access to your people. Did you see it right in the text? I have a few things against you, says Revelation 2.20, because you allow that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to teach. Stop. You allow her to teach. How did, how did she get up there? Did you give her the pulpit? Did you give her a platform? Did you give her the mic? Did you give her the megaphone? Did you give her space in the town square? How did she get at your people? How was she permitted to seduce your people? A few times a year, I get calls from preachers who want to come preach at the church I pastor. It's not my church. It's the church I pastor. But I'm very protective of the pulpit there. I'm very protective of the people I serve because I am the shepherd and bishop of their souls. I'm their pastor. I'm their shepherd. And I'm supposed to care about them like a shepherd cares about the sheep. And because of that, I don't just let anybody come up and preach at the church I serve. I'm just not having it. Oh, you, you need to have so-and-so at that church. No, no, I don't need to have so-and-so at that church. So-and-so at that church could, in one hour of speaking, ruin everything we've been trying to build over the last year. Because I'm not interested in having somebody just going to come and preach some outrageous stuff. I, I want exposition of the scriptures there from that pulpit. I'm very protective. I'm not going to give you a platform if you're going to teach heresy or if you're just, you might not even be teaching heresy. Maybe just preaching light stuff, cliches. I'm not having you either. Because I think the people deserve better than that. They deserve food, substance. This is what Thyatira is condemned for because you cared so little about your people. You let Jezebel have the pulpit. How did she get up there? They, they allowed it. Did you see it in the text? Don't, don't miss it. You got to read this very slowly. I have a few things against you because you allow that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants. You, you let her convince them that certain lifestyle would be all right. You gave her access to them. How did she get to teach your people? You, you didn't protect the podium. You didn't protect the pulpit. That's the inference of this text. Thyatirans, you have not been diligent enough in terms of protecting your people from outrageous teaching. Every time I hear 
somebody say something outrageous theologically, but they are a person in an authoritative position, a preacher or a teacher or a school principal, anybody that's got the mic, so to speak, I cringe because I think, how did, how did we let that person in? How did we give them access? Now, unfortunately, today, if you have money, you can buy airtime. And you can get on the radio and teach outlandish stuff. I heard a guy actually say on the radio, if you put your hand on the radio and pray this prayer with me, God will hear you. Heresy! You can't promise anybody healing. You're not the healer. And connected with that promise was, of course, send me a generous seed offering and lay your hand on the radio. If you'll send me $500, I will send you this cloth that I've prayed over. And you lay the cloth on your body and God, I decree and declare, is going to heal you. You can't decree and declare that. And you certainly have no power to heal anybody. Only God heals. And when we see a person who lays their hand on another and that person is healed, what we have seen operant is the gift of faith. You believing God with me for my healing, but you can't heal me. And your cloth can't heal me. And my thousand dollars that I send to you can't heal me. But I wonder, who, who guarded the gate so sloppily that this guy got in and started teaching? Here's what God says to the fire tyrants. You didn't guard the door. You let Jezebel in and you gave her access to your people. And she taught outrageous things. And whether this is an actual person, Jezebel, or this is a group of people with a Jezebel-like spirit, almost doesn't matter to me. It's clear that Jezebel, the entity of Jezebel, the individual Jezebel, the group of people Jezebel, it's clear that Jezebel is reigning right now when she shouldn't be, talking when she shouldn't have access. <laughs> And I gave her time to turn this around and stop this foolishness, and she did not. I gave her time to repent, and she didn't repent. And then you see the consequences of her failure to repent. Then verse 22 and 23 Now I say to you, Thyatirans, if you turn around, life will be all right. But if you don't, your life will be miserable. I gave you time to repent. Now what are you going to do with it? I read an old joke about the devil, and he had trained some of his junior devils to go into the earth. And he said to these three ambassadors just before they went to earth to wreak havoc, hey, I want to hear what you're going to preach and teach when you get to the earth. What are you going to tell the humans? The first junior devil said, well, I'm going to tell them there is no God. The devil said, well, you'll get some, but most people know in their heart of hearts that there is a God. They don't want to admit it, but most of them, but you, you'll get a few. You'll, you'll get some. You'll convince them to be atheists or agnostics. You, you'll get a few. Second, junior devil, what, what are you going to tell the humans when you get to earth? Well, I'm going to tell them there is no heaven and there is no hell. The devil said, well, you'll, you'll get a few. But most people like to think that there is a heaven 
And most people think they're going there. Even if they don't serve our enemy, God, they, they like to believe that there's a heaven. So, but you'll get some. The third guy, what are you going to tell the humans when you get to earth? He said, I'm going to tell them they've got plenty of time. He said, you'll do very well. You will gain millions. I gave you time, says God, to the fire tyrants. I gave Jezebel time. But Jezebel thought, I have more time. I don't need to repent now. And some of you are here today. Jesus has been talking to you, beckoning you. And you keep saying, I got time. I'm too young to get all serious about Jesus now. I got time. You, you might have. You might not. By the way, they, I've been a pastor for a long time. They make caskets in every size. For every age. You, you might have lots of time, but you might not. What kind of gambler are you? I gave Jezebel time to repent. She kept hearing the third devil. You have lots of time. And she did not repent. I'll cast her into a sickbed. I'll cast her and all who commit adultery with her into great tribulation. I'll kill her children. And all the churches will know something about me says verse 23. I'll close with an admonition and a promise. Here's the admonition. And I share it with you as Jesus shared it with the fire tyrants. Hold on to what you have. You who have faith, you who have patience, you who have done good work and are doing good work, Hold on to what you have. Be faithful how long? Till death. Hold on to what you have. What a wonderful reminder. Did you see it? It's in the text in verse 25. Hold fast what you have until I come. Hang in there all the way to the end, till my arrival until death. And here's a promise. And it is contingent upon the fidelity of the fire tyrants but the promise is twofold. And with this promise, I close. I will give the overcomers power over the nation. Now, verse 27 is taken from the second psalm. Psalm 2, verses 8 and 9. And this is a mission promise. The nations shall come to the Christ. And that is not so much a statement of conquest as a statement of declaration of the outrageous love of God, and the Gentiles shall come to the light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. And the nations shall come to their knees. Not every person will come, but I will give you the nations, says God. And I will give the overcomers the morning star. William Barclay, the great uh, Scottish expositor, lists in his commentary the four most common interpretations of this, I will give the overcomers the morning star. It is possibly the Christians rising after the night of death. When you rise from death, that is your morning star, possibly. It's the Christian's victory over Satan, who is the son of the morning, you remember from um, Isaiah 14. You remember that Lucifer's name means light bringer. Maybe it's our victory over Satan. We get the morning star. It's an affirmation of those who are the faithful. 
Daniel chapter 12, verse 3 says, Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. The fourth and most textually consistent of the interpretations of verse 18, of verse 28, is that this is a way of saying the overcomers get more of Jesus. Turn, if you will, you're already in the Revelation, turn to chapter 22. I close as the book closes, 22.16 of the Revelation. I, Jesus, have set my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. And here's another self-descriptive of Jesus. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright morning star. When Jesus says to the fire tyrants, to the one who overcomes, I will give power over the nations, and I will give him the morning star, in verse 28. I wonder if this might mean, if you hang with me, and you're faithful to death, and you hold fast to what you have, I will give you more of me, for I am the bright and morning star. Maybe as we walk with him, we get more of him. His brightness is what we need for our darkness. I told you I was closing. I really am going to close. I close gradually all the time. I recently read the story of an old-fashioned camp meeting. And you need to know that long before we had nice lodges like this and auditoriums and sanctuaries at our Bible conferences, most Bible conferences had a tabernacle in the middle of the grounds with walls that, uh, shutters that went up and the, the whole side of the wall would come out and for air and circulation. And then there were a series of very often dilapidated cottages in which you'd stay in these camp meetings and camp meeting grounds. I recently read the story of an old-fashioned camp meeting in a setting like that and the preacher for the evening closed the service and was going to walk to his accommodations in the dark. They didn't have lampposts, <coughs> excuse me, or anything like that at the conference center. And as before the days of flashlights on our phones or LED flashlights in our pockets, and an old farmer saw the preacher walking to his accommodation after the evening service, and the old farmer just uh, wanted to help the preacher out and just ripped a pine branch and set it aflame with a match. And the pine branch was enough to light the road and he gave it to the preacher. And the preacher said to the farmer, what am I supposed to do with this? He said, just use this to get back to your cottage. And he asked the farmer, well, what if it goes out? The farmer said, it will see you home. The preacher said, well, what if the wind blows it out? The farmer said, this light will see you home. Well, what if the rain puts it out? The farmer said, it will see you home. And so it did. I want to remind somebody here this morning that the bright and morning star We'll see you all the way home. Well, suppose I don't, you know, suppose I, I, I'm not, you know, I don't have a lot of faith. It, the bright and morning star will see you home. Well, suppose my friends start making fun of me. The bright and morning star will see you home. Well, suppose my parents are not in favor of my taking Jesus seriously. The light, the bright and morning star will see you all the way home. I don't care what Jezebels are around. The bright and morning star, oh, bless his name, uh, will see you all the way home. This light that comes from the Son of God, the angel of the church of Jesus, this, this light will see you all the way home, and this light won't go out. 
Rain can't put it out. Doubt can't put it out. Heresy can't put it out. And that's enough for me. Amen. I tell you, that guy has a lot of energy. Yes, he does. And one of the things that they didn't get to see is, one of my favorite things about Richard Allen Farmer is at the very end of the service, he does a benediction where he walks through the whole auditorium, which is really, really cool. It's very meaningful. So we're excited to tell you that our summer season is about to unfold. Mm -hmm. And we're looking forward to folks being here on campus, mm -hmm. finally. And uh, a great summer program has been planned. If you'd like a copy of our summer brochure, how can they find out about that? Well, they can call 1-800-453-7942, or you can go online, www.americaskeswick.org, and uh, ask for information. Week one is sold out, two, three, and a little bit of five is left. But we would love to have you on campus. It's going to be a really different summer, but it's going to be a cool summer. We're excited to see what God's going to do here at America's Keswick. And again, we want to thank you for joining us. Share the link with a friend. And remember that America's Keswick does depend on friends like you to support the ministry with your gifts and with your prayers. To give a gift, same number, 1-800-453-7942, or visit our website, www.americaskeswick.org. Donate now. Hey, and now till tomorrow. No, now it's not till tomorrow. It's uh, Friday. We've done so many wow. podcasts, I don't know what day we're on. Friday, July 3rd. Well, July 3rd, which is the day before July 4th. Yes, and on July 3rd, Worship Live will have some patriotic music to help us celebrate. So we look forward to that, too. God bless. If you enjoyed today's podcast, let us know. Write us at bewealthy at americaskeswick.org, or it'll be in the description below. If you'd like to learn more information about America's Keswick, you can visit our website at www.americaskeswick.org. Join us every Wednesday and Friday at 2.30 for the next edition of the podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Tyler. And have a good and godly day. <laughs>